0: Hello, and welcome to Barren Not Broken. This is your host, Bonnie Ruth, and I'm so excited for part two with my friend Peyton. If you're just jumping in with us, Peyton is one of the co-founders of Gathering Hope, and she also is a podcast host on Slaying the Stigma. We cover a wide variety of conversations in this episode, but we also hone in on how to process grief, how to connect with other people within this community, how to navigate things with your family and your friends. But mostly we talk about how to navigate our own hearts. So come along with us as we complete part two of this two-part series.
1: So, um, so yeah, just being married and living in the, in the same house as another person who isn't you is just,
0: yeah. Well, in every personality, you know, I think for Jason and I, we're, we're even right now just trying to figure out like, how, how do we make this comfortable for multiple personalities Mm -hmm. and different stories and different environments that people are coming from? And, you know, um, we only know us. Right. And so we are working really hard to invite other couples who have navigated similar journeys, their voices into what, what did you need that you didn't have, you know? And one of the things that we keep hearing is like, I I don't know how to talk to my spouse about this, or they don't want to talk about it, or they don't know how to talk about it. And so one of the things that we're going to have, you know, we eventually we hope to have actual weekend retreats, um, similar to what you do um, for your 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 one day events. We are we are going to offer one day events um, starting this year, but awesome. Um, we hope to have whole weekend opportunities. But until then, what can we do? Right. So we hope to have like honestly, as as maybe like lame as it sounds, conversational cards. Like here's some hey, tools. To have a conversation that no one ever wanted to have, um, that's awkward, and that genuinely just, you don't know the outcome. Like, you don't know the outcome of this conversation, but here are some tools to navigate it. And really just covering the different things, um, that people go through and helping them kind of ask the questions and giving them the tools to have the hard conversations. And so that's, that's one of the first things that we'll be providing in our cabins, um, because we hope that they will, that they'll, they'll have defining conversations while they're here on this beautiful property that they have opportunity to be in nature, to be just each other, um, to rest, right? Like, and, and we're going to tell them, like, don't have a conversation every day, have one conversation while you're here. right? Um, and let it be like a launching pad for the other things, um, because in marriage, we need that anyways. And then you add these kind of navigating, navigating these kind of conversations and it's just a whole nother
1: ballgame. So our we we were blessed to have a therapist who, who started the conversation with this. And she said, my job is to take two people mm. and prevent you from going like separate ways in this yeah, journey. Yeah, that's good. But to keep you on... Now, obviously, it's going to look different for men and women, women because yes. we're just we're just different. We are different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, exactly. But to keep you on the same path towards health yeah. and That's and true. towards healing, as opposed to having you separate journey over here and your separate journey yeah. over here, yeah. and you know, I'm just so grateful that she was like, my goal is to keep you together. together. Together,
0: yeah. yes. and Isn't it amazing how I don't know if you guys experience this, but like the very thing that is supposed—it's—it's it's, the whole thing is trying to grow our family, mm-hmm. right? Like that's where we start, and that's something that you dream about, you hope for, right? You're building towards, you're doing, like you said earlier, all the things were, but then you have this like disruptor that no one expects. And it's like the thing you were trying to build gets broken down <clears throat> and so many people are losing the very thing that provides them that family, you know, Jason, and I say all the time, we're family. We right. are a family. of." Now we include our little dog in there. So we're like, we're a family of three. Um, but it's the two of us and we are a dang good family. We are a family unit that is thriving and we love each other and we are experiencing things that we never thought we would. And there are pages in our story and in our family unit that we, we kind of wish we didn't have to live, and it's a narrative that we never thought we'd have, but man, we are an awesome family. And so it's it's really just kind of like you guys say, like it's changing the stigma, the narrative that um we aren't a family unit wow I never
1: would have considered y'all to not be a family but yeah maybe that's would you say more about that how you guys have experienced the stigma of well you're you don't have living children so therefore
0: so it's more um mindsets or like um It's more attitude. Okay. Where the question gets asked of, like, are you, I guess, ever going to have kids? Well, I don't know. (laughs) I mean, for years it was, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, it's a matter of how people receive what a family is so in our culture it's a family is two adults with children with one children or more and sadly people we have friends that are have one child and they're always like are you gonna are you not gonna grow your family okay well my family is grown <laughs> we are a family and so it's more of a cultural expectation that gets um it gets projected and so you know whether it be job interviews like when we we've interviewed for church jobs Mm. and we've we've been asked well how are you gonna pastor since you don't have kids uh well the same way I have for all these years like being there for someone is not dictated by if I have children, it's just not. Do you suppose uh,
1: anybody ever asked Paul, like, hey, man, like, wife up already. Where's your kids? You can't lead us.
0: But in a way, like, it's crazy. I mean, we, so we've had some pretty blunt things like that asked, but I think mostly it's just culturally it's projected that when we have kids we'll be a family. Wow. And so, you know, I mean, the the job thing, because we've been in ministry for I don't know, majority of our married life. And it it is definitely like sometimes tiptoed around and other times just directly like, okay, how how do you how do you lead or like how do you pastor people like this? Mm-hmm. I just met with a lady the other day and they're pastors and they don't have children. They've been married 22 years like us. And I asked her, I said, how have you navigated people's like ignorance around this? That is going to be my
1: question. Can you just teach us?
0: (laughs) Um, I always tell people this. I, I say instead of do you have children? Are you having children? I always say, tell me about your family.
1: Beautifully said. Because
0: I believe that if it's a single person, they are a family, right? They have family. They, have, they probably have sisters or brothers or nieces or nephews. And so as an aunt, I love talking about my nephews. I'll tell you a good nephew story at the drop of a hat. And I love I love being an aunt. I love my nephews. And so if somebody asked me, like, tell me about your family, that's probably actually badly over Jason what I would go to um but I I I tell people ask a question in a way that doesn't define it for the person before you've asked them so maybe that's not tell me about your family tell me about yourself yeah you know because you don't know if the person's single what if they're single because they've their husband died or their wife died or what if they're newly divorced and they've gone through a traumatic abusive relationship and you're defining them before they even had a chance to tell you who they are. And so this will be like a huge soapbox. I'll have to rein myself in, but I just, I don't understand why we define other people's lives before we've given them the opportunity to tell us who they are. So, you know, the people in your world and you know, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times we've been asked and still are. Um, it's getting less and less because we're, we're pretty vocal and you can't like find us on social media or anything else without knowing, like we don't have children and we're not having children. Um, but it still gets asked, you know, are you guys going to have kids? Now it's, are you going to adopt? Mm-hmm. Don't ask people if they're going to have kids or if they're going to adopt because you don't know what they're going through. But also don't ask someone if they're getting married. Like, when are you going to get married? When are you going to date somebody? You know, or or if somebody's widowed, like, when are you going to get back out there? Okay, just stop asking. And I love Jesus, but I cut a little. Stop asking asinine questions. Yes. Right? And putting people in a place <clears throat> where they are already navigating something that you will never remotely understand. And that's just a given by the stupid questions you're asking. Or like putting someone in a place where they have to educate you on how to be a kind, aware human, like just already be kind and aware.
1: Yes. We, Um, we talk about, you know, when people ask like how many kids do you have? Um, and, and like the, the variety of people's answers, they're they're just going to vary. Um, Some women are like, I will always tell people about every single baby I have. I have landed on a place of, if I will see you again, I will share my. Yeah, that's good. You know, Um, but if you are the person, unless the Holy Spirit prompts me and says, like, tell them about James. um, I just don't need to tell the person who is ringing up my groceries about my child in heaven. It's just not a thing that I have. I'm not denying him. He's still real. No, no matter. That's exactly right. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. But I, and especially, and I, I, I resist doing this, but I'm going to, especially in ministry spaces, um, particularly women's ministry spaces, um, yeah. we are very defined by our family.
0: Yes. Yep.
1: And yep. I maintain that I am a very interesting person beyond who I'm married to and who I yes. birthed.
0: That's exactly right. Yes, <laughs> and um, white white hanky is out <laughs> again. Woo!
1: I, I like we've got to come up with better questions, but you know, my one of my goals in the world, and it sounds like you too, is to erase the stigma of even talking about this. And having these conversations, and you've educated me on like some better questions I can ask. Of of tell yeah. me tell me about yourself, or tell me tell me about your family. Is yeah. I like when the first time we talked, I had I think I had asked that question, and I used it immediately. I was like, "Tell That's me awesome. about your family," and I'm like, <laughs> "I I one I love learning new things, but two like True. if we don't." have intentionality towards how we can speak to people and affirm them outside of who, you know, God created Peyton to be this, that, and the other, and he created Bonnie Ruth to be this, that, and the other. Yeah, Right. And he equipped each one of us with our gifts and, um, and you know, our (laughs) our downfalls. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, No, that's good.
1: But, and I love my people. Yeah. I think they're amazing. Yeah. But I also think like, you know, one of each one of them is going to grow up and, and have some, you know, maybe, maybe they will not have children or have trouble conceiving or, yeah, I just don't know what the path is for them. Yeah. Just yeah. like I don't know what the path is for any single person I
0: come across. Exactly. So, yeah, the course of my day. Yeah. Well, and I think that just also goes back to, you know, everybody's living their own story. And we, even if we're close to someone, right? Like as I'm getting to know you, there's certain assumptions I could make because we have um, similar things woven into our stories. But I shouldn't. I should not come in with an assumption that I know um, or that I can relate to certain things. In our desire to relate to people, we actually are causing damage. And so that's why I really harp on it so much is because I understand that a lot of times it's it's genuinely out of care and wanting to relate. Mm-hmm. But in our, in our desire in that, we are actually unaware of how to relate. And I think you know, going back to what you just said about, you know, you're Peyton and I'm Bonnie Ruth, <clears throat> what what if, you know, um your kids have to navigate something similar to this? Um, you would teach them that it doesn't define them. And so I, I say going back to this point that and I am always careful and I'm pausing simply because I don't want to ever cause more damage <laughs> to somebody in what I say. Um but the reality is we are not defined by how many children we have or we don't have. And I, my heart grieves for the community that we're in um, because a lot of times we are allowing it to define us.
1: I will we're be the first our, to say that I, I do struggle with that. Yes. Same. My identity is in and I will... I will say this, this is a huge part of our platform is helping people see themselves as mothers. Yeah. And yeah. um whether or not their children are here with them or not. I identify, you know, deeply um yeah. in that way. And I yeah, to have that stripped away from me is is hard. It's hard. Yeah.
0: It is. And that's why I say I pause because. There's, it's a, such a thin, thin gray line. I'm going to say it like that. Of, I am a mom. I have never held my children, but I am a mom. And I am proud of that. I am proud of the fact that there's been something awakened on the inside of me that only your child that you've carried inside of you for however long that was can awaken on the inside mm. of you. Yeah. And so I'm proud of that. But I've I've had to learn that my childlessness, my miscarriages, my motherhood, my my role as a wife, my role as a believer and what I do in the body of Christ, like legacy place, barren napra, those things actually don't define who I am. They are an expression of who I am. Mm. And and so in that, and I'm not saying I've got this down by any means whatsoever, I, I am a work in progress in this. But yeah. I try so hard to live it because I don't want anyone else to feel like they don't have a beautiful, fulfilling, purposeful life if they don't have that thing that defines them because it is just an expression you know even my infertility journey my that that is just part of the pages of my story it's not who i am and i just i so desire to see i i will never relinquish the title mom right so i'm going back to that to, to better describe i will never relinquish that title because i am but that in my own definition of motherhood is not defining who I am. It is a part of the life that I'm living. <laughs> and so in that I want to be able to express myself outside of just that. Yeah. yeah. And so it's really a fine line because there are titles and and pieces of, of who we are and what we're living but it's not a definition of who we are. And I think our definitions are much broader than sometimes we allow, right? Um, And also to the purpose point, like our purpose, I don't think we have one purpose in life. Otherwise, like, man, I've already screwed that up. Um, (laughs) I, I think there is purpose in us, And we also get to live that out in different expressions, in different seasons, in different chapters of our story, represent a different purpose on the inside of us. And so otherwise, like, I feel like God's so boring. Like, if if we are just supposed to be living one purpose, like, do we actually serve a big, creative, powerful, awesome God? Because that limits him so much. Like, I just think he's so much bigger and so much better. And he breathes so much more life on the inside of us. Okay, okay. I'm going to stop now. So let me you ask follow. you this question.
1: <laughs> um, what would you say to, because you mentioned, like, you might have someone who doesn't personally have this experience listening to yeah. the podcast. Yeah. What would you say to the person who is like, I'm going to mess up, so I'm just not going to say anything at all? Yeah. What do you tell them? Okay,
0: I'm going to answer it, and then I want you to answer it, too. Okay. <laughs> um. First of all, I think I would say go to the person in your life that's navigating this narrative, this story, this pain, and tell them, I don't know. I don't know how to be your friend. I don't know how to be your mom in this. I don't know how to be your sister. I don't know how to be your husband. Um. But I'm going to try. And so I'm going to ask that we have grace on each other. Mm -hmm. And I say it that way for this reason. Because a lot of times we expect people to get it right. And we don't have grace on them when they don't. And that's on us. Because they don't know how. Um, But then also we need to be honest that we need grace too. Because we actually don't know what we're doing either. True. And so if if we can both say to one another, hey, I don't know how to do this either. And so just having that like hard raw conversation with whomever that is, um, and giving each other permission to get it wrong. Um, and then saying, okay, then what does that space look like? Because I also don't want the person walking through the grief or pain um to be bombarded. Right, that's not helpful either. Um, and so I always tell people come up with uh, whether it's a code word or it's a it's a question or it's a way that you both feel comfortable, and then revisit that ever so many months. Don't think that the one thing's gonna last forever because in different seasons of the grief and pain, we need to switch it up. So we have this conversation more than once, but ask each other like, okay, what what can I do to enter? safely your space. And I typically just say like, "Hey, is it is it an okay day or time for me to to enter your space?" Mm-hmm. Um and I usually communicate um, "Hey, I feel like there's something in my heart or there's something that I I don't know how to navigate. Would today be a, or when's a good conver- when's a good time to have that conversation?" Um because then you give this the other person space to navigate it, the question. Um, and thank God for text messaging because I feel like that can also it can work against us and for us. But in this situation, hey, I just wanted to let you know like I I feel like there's something I may either be taking wrong or maybe I'm not understanding or I feel like I need to be doing something and I don't know what it is. When it's a good time for you, could we have the conversation? It lets them process what you're thinking and then it gives them the ability to state when they're ready. Are you so, sure
1: I have to answer this? Because that was so well said.
0: <laughs> yes, because you're you're coming at it from navigating conversations with people that I don't navigate very often. And so, yeah, I, I just I and I'll, I'll be the first to say I don't ever get this right. Always. Uh, let me give an example. About two months ago, uh, I travel back and forth to Michigan and my for my work and my parents live up there. So I was staying with my parents and my mom. Just started crying one day and she was like I'm so sorry that I didn't pray enough like I feel like I didn't pray enough or do enough for you so that you could have a baby mm. and I was like oh Oh, freaking heck, mom! That's a lot to carry around. And so at first, I was like, "Mom, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine." And I I found myself not wanting to go there with her. But then also like, I felt two things. One, I felt annoyed because I'm like, "Why is she feeling this way right now?" Like we're like three years past this mess. Like how are we here right now? And then I felt great compassion because I'm like, "Oh my gosh, my mom who like does so much for me is feeling that." And so that's why I say like, don't just respond, like take a breath. Cause I, first I was responding and so I don't always get it right. I was like, mom, it's fine. It's fine. And then I took a breath and I just went and sat down and I looked at my mom and I said, mom, neither one of us are responsible for me not having kids. To To be frank, I said, I don't know where the hell to put that responsibility. I don't. I know that in my, that in the world, they would tell me I should blame God. Like, why didn't he He could blah, blah, blah. But I also know that God sustained me in a way that I, um, never could have made that through. So I can't blame God. I don't know where to put the blame. I said, Mm -hmm. mom, it is not on you and me, um, to, to have that, um, and or to carry that responsibility. So I just, I don't know. I share that to say, like, I don't always get it right. And I don't think the conversation's ever over.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's good.
0: So if we think that we're going to be done with it, and and I'm saying this to friends and family, get over it. Like the conversation is never going to be over. So if you're sick of talking about it or you're sick of navigating it, then you might not should be around me. Because that's going to look different in every season of my life. Mm-hmm. Right now, it looks very different, and some of the people that have walked with me in the most painful parts—they're actually not getting to be a part of this season. It's actually really joyful and not so painful because it's like they couldn't enter the next season, and and so I don't blame them for that. I think it's, um, and I'm sorry, I'm going off on this, but I think it's. They carried me in the way that they needed to. And they were there for me in that season. But for, sadly, but also probably just life, they haven't entered this season with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because they were just really tired <laughs> of the last season. That was just like a dark hole. Uh, and understandably, because it was super dark. But I, I just want to say to like family and friends, it's never going to end. It's just going to look different.
1: yeah that is so so well said. So many like there's about 15 different sound bites in what you just said there. <laughs> um uh what I would say to that is um I would I would try and start the conversation of um I'm going to get this wrong. Mm. Guaranteed. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um I think your perspective on grace is so so well said. Um but if I'm if if I'm trying to I want to say something and I and I don't want to be a person who says nothing. I okay. think I would let the griever in my life know like I I'm going to get this wrong. Mm. Also, it is not your job to come up with a list of things. For me yeah. to do right. That's, I don't want to put that's an good. additional burden what, on oh, you. I
0: like I like that. I'm going to take that. That's
1: good. <laughs> I, I don't want to give you the burden of teaching me all the time. That's good. That's good. Of uh, This is what I need from you. Really? So good. I think, I think your, your point to the conversation is going to evolve through different seasons to keep having the conversation. Yeah. Is yeah, a great good. point. To like, let's start with that from the beginning. Yeah. I love that. Um, mm-hmm. and asking permission, like, do I have yeah. permission to check in with you every so yeah. often? And yeah. like, can I ask how you're doing? Yeah. Um, yeah. knowing it might be hard. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, I really, really have, uh, because like, it's in our nature of like, how can I support you right now is still yeah. a great question. Yeah. But yeah, also, don't hate it. yeah, yes. I always follow up with like, what's the best way for me to support you right now? Also, please take into consideration, it is not your job to come up with a list of ways that I can support you right now. So yeah. if it is through prayer or leaving you yeah. alone yeah. right now,
0: yeah,
1: those are okay.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: If there no, is a tangible really need, I can, if there is a tangible need that I can fulfill, it yeah. would bless me to do that for you. Yeah. But please don't come up with a list of things or a bunch of meals you want or whatever. Right? You
0: know? Like who wants to think about, okay, that, that is like a little, it, it'll be a more of a funny soapbox that I'm like, who the crap wants to think about what they want to eat when they just want to lay in bed and cry and they don't want to talk to another human or eat food really. But you need me to fill out this meal train thing so that uh. people can bring me food. Like it's the best worst thing in the world. It is the best <laughs> worst thing in
1: the world. Yes.
0: Thank God for DoorDash and Uber gift cards. Like yes. I tell you, we actually told people when I had my hysterectomy we were like, well, plus it was during COVID. So like, I didn't want people bringing me meals, but I used, it as a great opportunity to learn how to say for, for other situations we've had, like, hey, you know what? Gift cards are honestly the best because I don't know how we're going to feel. And I don't know what we're going to be navigating each day. So instead of a meal plan or a meal train, could you do a gift card? So, yep. um, and I've just been telling people, like, don't offer a meal plan where people have to bring food and drop it off. Like, Unless you're just those people and you know you're fine with it. But yeah. I don't feel like most people want to have to navigate and, and because you don't know. Like, yeah. like you said, I don't know if I need prayer or what my list would be for you. But I really do care that you want to help me. So yeah. just bringing it down more practical even. Like, hey, don't make me figure out if I want Mexican food or Chicken Express. Just give me a DoorDash gift card. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that's
1: um, have you seen that? Thing. Have you seen that post going around called grief groceries? No. Oh, I mean, it's really, really me. good. Um, and it's basically like, they didn't ask, they just brought like stuff that you could put in the fridge or the freezer and yeah, toilet paper so and, yes. uh, Kleenex and like it's outside. I have dropped it off already. That's so great. <laughs> you know, um you don't have to greet me at the door it's I they snapped a picture and said this is sitting on your front porch right now
0: yes that's so good and um don't we all think about like practical things like okay everyone's gonna need toilet paper paper towels and tissues no matter what they're going through right? yeah and I mean that's just an example but it's like there are basics let's just stick to the basics people you know Um, I always think, like, when people have funerals and they have, like, this big meal afterwards, like, I think that's the worst idea ever in the world. Um, I am a, a strong believer. I told Jason, like, when I die, like, don't have everybody, like come over and have a meal right away. Like let's party later when you've had a few weeks to like process, you know. I don't want to sit around. And so I'm just like anti that. But and I love people. So it's really weird that I feel <laughs> that way. Um, like I am a people person all the time, but I just think there are certain moments where people should not be in my space. And um that's one of them. So anyways, we I could go off on practical funny things that have happened. I'm sure you could too. Yes. Yeah. really, like, come on, people, but, um, so I have a question for you, if you could, if you could sell both of our communities, um, one thing that could help them, because we just talked about, like, ways to navigate conversations, but, like, what's one thing that you have found to be so helpful to the people who are walking with grievers, like, that would be an encouraging statement. Meaning, if you were, if you were coming to me and I'm in a season of grief, what have you found to be an encouraging phrase or statement that's not offensive, that's not off-putting, but that's just you expressing your heart to me and being able to show that you care? What's what's a way that you would say, like, mm. try this? I, I know it's not a cookie-cutter thing, but yeah. I do think people appreciate not having to come up with these things on their own. You and I have already had to navigate this, right? So let's help some people not look like idiots and fumble and feel like they're hurting someone.
1: You know, um, the thing that is just ringing true in my brain right now, and this is going to sound weird because so often we want to say the opposite, Mm -hmm. but be open to saying yes Mm -hmm. to things. be open to saying yes right. to help, not help that is a burden for you. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's it. Like yeah. If it if it is help that requires you to do more, that, mm-hmm. that's actually a no. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But be open yeah. to saying yes to new people who are gonna come your way that you either don't know yet or um mm-hmm. a new a new direction on your relationship. So many of the people that I have met in this journey were complete and utter strangers. My co-founder to Gathering Hope literally lived 15 minutes from me and I had never met her before. Wow. Um, but, and the only reason I know her is because we both lost sons. That's the only reason why. Yeah. Um, and we both had a heart for wanting to help other moms and yeah. someone saw that in her and said, "Hey, you need to meet my friend Peyton." Yeah. So so be open to saying yes to new relationships. Yeah. Saying yes to help that is actually helpful. Um yeah, it, just being it, because so often, especially if you're um like the helper type, right? Like you're so used to giving that help. Um, yeah, and when it comes to being your turn mm. to being in the position of needing help, I think so many of us are resistant to that help. Yeah, of like, I don't need help. I know how to, I should know how to do this. I, I should yeah. be feeling this. I should be, should be, should be. Yeah. Um, wow, oh, that's good. Uh, so yeah, just be open to that's saying really yes. Good.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. That's I'm even taking that in for myself. Like that's really good. It's
1: really good. What what would you what would be your one thing that you would share um, with
0: someone? Oh gosh. I was taking yours in so so much. I gotta I gotta think. I I would say in counterpart with your yes. Um step back and breathe Mm -hmm. and I say Mm -hmm. that because I'm not very good at it (laughs) um and but when I do it it really is helpful and I say that in we interpret things through our own perceptions and whether that's a text or a call or an invite or an offer or a statement or whatever it might be um, we interpret those things through our own lenses and our own perceptions of the person, of our own experience, of ourselves. Um, And that's something that that I'm really, really trying to work on in my life is like, I will often interpret things through my own lens of myself. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling down on myself, if I feel like I'm failing, if I feel like it's my fault, if I feel like I should, like you just said, then when something comes my way and it should be a yes, I often miss out because I'm interpreting that moment through my own lens of myself. And I say I'm really bad at that because I tend to do that all the time. And I'm really trying to stop and breathe because that breath like kind of is like a moment to clear your thought process or clear your head or take a pause and, Um, It just allows me to see the moment differently than I might be seeing it. Yes, And sometimes I'm seeing it right. I'm not saying that I always see it wrong. Yeah, Sometimes I am seeing it right and I need to step back. Um, But I can't say yes, like you're saying, if I am interpreting things the wrong way. And so I think it's just a matter of giving ourselves the opportunity, but also other people the opportunity um, by just taking a breath, you know.
1: Um, that it's makes um, sense. it's important to take those pauses and like not overthink, but yeah. just think. You know, thinking through something. Yeah. And, um Sometimes we need a nap or a snack or yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you know. and, and I I do like I kind of ask myself like okay, bunnies, what what do you need right now, or what is, what are you seeing that's right, and what are you seeing that needs a shift. Um, and, and I think it's the Holy Spirit. It's asking the Holy Spirit to like, what in this moment do I actually need? And what in this moment am I actually seeing? Mm-hmm. What do you want me to see? Um, and that sounds so super spiritual, but it's just part of the pause. I, I think like, I'm, I see in part and here in part, but the Holy Spirit is such a guide, right? He's a comfort, he's a guide and he's a friend. And so I think knowing that I can stop and pause and I don't have to figure it out by myself is also really encouraging, you know.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. 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 If it was left up just to me, um this this whole ship would have sailed a long time ago. Exactly. Same, (laughs) same. Um I want to ask before we leave, okay. How can people connect with you after the podcast?
0: Yes, and same for you. Um, okay, so you can find me in two different paths. We have a podcast, which is Bear Not Broken. You can find me at Bare Not Broken um, for Instagram, Facebook, Um, My podcast is on all podcast platforms, Apple, uh, Google, Spotify, all of that, um, Podbean And then um, for Legacy Place, we have legacyplaceretreat.com is our website. We are at Legacy Place Retreat for Instagram and Facebook. And right now it's just kind of going along the journey of us building this thing. Um, Some of it's like little fancy posts, and then other of it's reels of us out fixing the barbed wire fence. Nice. Where we, um, (laughs) it's just life. Like it's life right now of building this thing. So. Um, I invite people to come along. Also, if you want to, um, you can email us um, at info at LegacyPlaceRetreat.com. Uh, and we are actually, I should check that now that I just said that. I never give that out. I just usually I'm texting it. So hold on. Let me. Yeah. LegacyPlaceRetreat.com. Um, and I just, I invite people to come. And message us if you want to. There's also a place on our website where you can fill out the form and follow along with us. We don't spam you. We aren't going to email you every week even. Um, We just really want to have people take the journey with us. Um, But it also just tells a little bit more about us. So we're on all those things. And the podcast is just a way that we can encourage people um, on the daily uh, we have a lot of guests. I typically don't get to listen to me by myself. I don't have enough to say uh, by myself and that's worth hearing. But I interview people and that's kind of what "Bearing Not Broken is all about is we all may have barren places in our lives, but we don't have to live broken. Mm. Uh, and then Legacy Place is really just a place where people can come um, to rest and reconnect and refocus and redefine their legacy.
1: Beautiful. So, yes. um. So you can find all things Gathering Hope at gatheringhope.org. Um, we have our podcast called Slaying the Stigma. We're also on all different platforms. Yes. And um, you know, it's so funny. Um, so I have, a, I have a 14-year-old and okay. when we first started Slaying the Stigma, Slaying actually meant like slaying, right? Uh-huh. right? Right? Yeah. But yeah. Um, the youth, yeah <laughs> have turned it into like a whole a different, different meeting but i'm sticking yep. with it slaying the stigma you, is the name of our podcast and um oh gosh, we awesome. have our our annual gathering that takes place here in texas um october 7th and okay. i think that you're going to love the theme for this year it's called this is our story oh, and so <laughs> we we take right. a retreat um, in December of every year and pray through right. what our theme is going to look like and the verse and the music and all awesome. of those things. So, yeah. um, and that is a, it is a full day conference here in Texas. And then our host sites will be doing um, a slightly shorter version of it uh, in their places awesome. in Nebraska, Oklahoma, Florida. Wow. A um, couple other places that are coming up uh, they've that's sent awesome. us some, some info, uh, requests. And so that's an exciting that's so portion cool. of what we do. Yeah.
0: Yes, <laughs> uh, I love but, that.
1: but basically a gathering is for women who are, we call it the sucky sisterhood. And so if <laughs> you are part of the sucky sisterhood, this is what you've been looking for. And it yeah. is a time to yeah. intentionally connect and, um, you that's know, good the takeaway is that that you are not alone
0: yeah that's really good I I love that y'all call it that it's just it's
1: just so great (laughs) it it just beautifully captures who we
0: are you know (laughs) it's so true okay so I did want to say one thing really quick that I forgot about that's okay we also have a one day that um Texas on October 14th of this year. And it's a one day event, and it's just really um, for couples to come um, to unwind and relax um, and engage in genuine discussion and gain inspiration from other couples who are going through this similar journey. And we called it Legacy Forward because okay. we really believe that as a couple, you can step forward together with hope. In the story that you're writing in your own life, and so um, more of that will be coming up on all of our stuff. But I'm excited because I'm—I can't wait to be at your event. And <laughs> obviously, the next week is mine. But I think it's just important we, to go back really quickly as we're wrapping up. You know, you said lean in for people to lean in and say yes. And I think these are the kind of things that we want to lean in, but we also really don't. <laughs> I, I so don't know true. about you, but when when I'm in the middle, of, when I've been in the middle of this, it's like I'm so pulled. There's like a yes and a big old freaking no oh, all yeah. at the same time. Yes, and so I just I really want to encourage our listeners if they know someone or if they are someone who could use these events, lean into the yes, yes, and and sign up because come come from wherever you are because. um, There is nothing like saying yes to something like that, showing up, and it literally changing the trajectory of how you walk your story and and how you walk your marriage, how you walk the grief. It doesn't change that there is grief, okay? Like, let's not give false hope. It doesn't change that there is grief, but the way we walk it and how we walk it and who we walk it with and there is something about being in a room with people who can empathize and not just sympathize. It's life changing stuff. (laughs) It's life changing. So I really hope they'll hear you on that. Yes. Part go back, rewind it. If you you weren't paying attention, like rewind it and listen to that and then go and sign up for, you know, gathering of health and legacy forward, because I think that your yes could be a, a huge change that, could rewrite the course of how you walk your journey. I'm
1: excited about what you guys are doing. So many of the moms uh, walk away from, from Mm -hmm. a gathering and they're like, I wish my husband had something like this, you know? Yeah. And I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but there, I think there are a lot of dads who aren't going to come to something unless their wife is with them. Yep. (laughs) And I so, totally
0: agree.
1: <laughs> um so what you guys are doing for couples is a it's an essential thing. Um mm-hmm. and I I just love the work that you guys are doing especially as a couple to model that for thank other you. people. I love that. Yeah, so. I hope so. Thank you for well, this collaboration. This has been yes, fun.
0: Yes. It has been so good and I'm grateful. I'm grateful for your time, I'm grateful for your community and what you guys are doing and I'm just excited. I'm excited to continue Seeing um, how our organizations can champion each other mm-hmm. and um, how we can champion each other's communities because we all need it. And yeah,
1: likewise. Yeah, thank
0: you so much. It, it's been a beautiful conversation. And I hope, as listeners, that you have taken in something practical, but also something that has gone deep in your heart and will help you in defining how you want to walk your own story we're so no matter said. the there is in our lives, we do not have to live broken. So thank you so much, Peyton. Thank you. Thank you for joining Peyton and I for this conversation. I hope if you haven't listened to part one that you'll go and do so. As you can tell in this conversation, we covered such a wide range of topics, but not only that, both of us were getting something out of the conversation ourselves. So as you leaned in, I hope you were able to find something that encouraged your heart, that gave you practical tools and nuggets to walk your own story. There's nothing like being able to relate to another person and then being able to apply that to our lives. Every story matters, and as we shared ours, I hope you feel encouraged in yours. And remember, no matter the barren places in our lives, we do not have to live broken.